the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 402, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Welcome aboard. Thanks for tuning in today. Hot afternoon, of course. Low of 79 eventually tonight. You know you're in trouble when the low is 79. Clear skies tomorrow and Sunday. More of the same. Triple digits tomorrow. Don't be surprised if we get to 100. Sunday, a high of just 99. Might get a shower on Sunday to cool things off, if uh, if nothing else, briefly. Phils beat the Dodgers yesterday, 7-6. They're at Pittsburgh starting a series with the Pirates tonight. Jake Arrieta on the mound for the Phils. Joe, we have a packed show today. I hope that you have done your stretching, cracked your knuckles, and are ready. Are you or are you not? You're not. Sorry, you're supposed to push the red button, right? Yeah. And then it works. I hope this is not a portent of things to come, where the mic wasn't even on, headphones are off. <laughs> what are you doing over there? You're drinking coffee again? I, uh, yeah, I, I haven't even started the coffee. Oh, well, that might be the problem. Yeah. Get on that if you can. So we have a couple of special guests. Right. Uh, we have, in just a moment or two, Steve Green, who has uh, – he's been nominated for Grammys. He's won a bunch of Dove Awards. He's at the Ocean City Tabernacle this Sunday night, mm-hmm. which is very cool, part of the WFIL Summer Speaker Series. Ruth Graham is actually daughter of Billy Graham, going to be doing the uh, speaking in the morning at 8.30 and 10.30. Steve Green's concert, I think, at 7 o'clock Sunday night coming up. octabernacle.org for more info on that. We also – uh, haven't and actually Steve was nominated to the uh, Gospel Music Hall of Fame a couple years oh, ago or, oh. and was inducted. Oh, nice. We have another Hall of Famer coming up, Doug Cosmo Clifford, the drummer for Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh-huh. He's another, he's a rock and roll Hall of Famer. So it's pretty jammed. You've got some music today. Are you in a Hall of Fame anywhere? Like the Podunk uh, uh, oh, uh, High School? Hackensack uh, Hospital. They uh, they probably have a statue to me uh, as we speak. Really? Like the most difficult birth or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Well, That's this, it. this weekend is also the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So I guess it's, uh, it's you know. Are my lights working? Appropriate. Are your lights working? Um, on my head, my lights? Uh, yes, there were. No, they're not. Do you have? Why do you have lights on your head? I just thought it'd be special for today when we hit a hundred to light it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, go for it, man. It's our famous Friday show. You can. It is. You they're can they're do lit. That. My head is is lit with lightning. Uh... You you're concerned. You have me very concerned. <laughs> very concerned. If you could just see Joe right now. So anyhow, that's all coming up. We're going to cap things off with our now that's punny segment. If you want to email in a pun or a text a pun in, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. If we use yours on the show, we'll hook you up with a uh, gift card to Duncan, to Rita's, to Wawa, courtesy of Reiner Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Also happening tomorrow, the 50-year anniversary of Apollo 11, we had an author on Charles Fishman not long ago talking about that. I'll play a sound clip of that, too. So get your shoehorn out, Joe. we got to see if we can fit everything in this hour. Are you ready to roll? Okay. I am. Let's do it. We're going to bring in 
Uh, now I believe we have ready coming up this Sunday at the Ocean City Tabernacle, Steve Green. Hello, Steve. How are you, my friend? Hey, Tim. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling in today, and we're excited that you're coming to the area this weekend. I know it. Uh, I've got uh, several visits under my belt over the years with Ocean City Tabernacle, and glad to be coming back. Yeah, and also, as a, on a side note, in the morning, Ruth Graham is there. You you have a history with the... Uh, Billy Graham Evangelist, uh, easy for me to say, Evangelistic Association, right? Do you not? Yes, exactly. Um, In fact, I think my very first crusade was in 86 uh, in D.C., and then from there uh, did many of them across the country, several overseas, and then was also able to be part, uh, at least one of the spectators, (laughs) Uh, at the memorial service uh, for Dr. Billy Graham. Yeah. Did you know that Ruth is in town? I don't know if that they came together and you were aware that, that or they just happened to be. You know home. what? I wasn't. I yeah. didn't know that. And in fact, I'm not really singing uh, in the morning, but I'll be attending for sure and, to be part of the service. <laughs> that's great. This coming Sunday night, folks can find out more online, octabernacle.org. It's part of the W. Uh, FIL Summer Speaker Series, and the concerts are in the evening. Uh, as far as your concert that night, this coming Sunday night, uh, how do you like to go about your concerts? Do you do them a little bit differently depending on the situation or a little bit of engagement, chatting between yeah, songs? Yeah, or? everything's – I don't have any kind of cookie-cutter thing. My goal, uh, obviously, is to tell, again, the, the good news, the story of Christ, what he came to do, what he accomplished for us, that salvation is found in no other name besides the name of Christ, and then do that through music. I have a wonderful keyboard player that has accompanied me for 14 years, Dick Tunney, and he'll be there with me. And yeah, I mean, probably in that context, I'll do a request time, um, since I have about 40 years, it seems like. And I guess it's more like 35 years of music, and I won't be able to get through all of it. So I usually do a a request time and let folks just pick the songs they would like. Well, and that takes a lot to be able to do that, I mean, because to remember the songs. I know sometimes uh, I've talked to musicians and like, you know what? I haven't done that one in 11 years. Yeah, so it's hard to know. Yeah, and, you know, that's part of the deal is I'm not guaranteeing that that I'll know all of it. Yeah. But I'll... I'll sing as much as I as much as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Chatting with Steve Green, who's again in concert this coming Sunday night, the Ocean City Tabernacle in Ocean City, New Jersey. The Tabernacle, I think it's been around 140 years, and they have a wonderful lineup uh, Sunday after Sunday. Ruth Graham in the morning this coming Sunday. I think it's 8:30 and 10:30, and then Steve Green in concert Sunday night. OCTabernacle.org for more info. I know over the years you've been, as you mentioned, you've been part of music for so many years. You've put out tons of albums. You've been Grammy-nominated multiple times, won multiple Dove Awards, and even in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame a couple of years back. So congratulations on that. Uh, mm, but, but all that said, knowing uh, the impression I have of you, and I've interviewed you a couple of times, I don't know you well, but that all those things are nice, but it's really not what any of it's about. Yeah, it can't be, right? Because if that was what life was about, then Jesus would have said, okay, Go for all the awards you can, guys, because that's where life is found, and it just, it just yeah. isn't. Yeah. Instead, he gives us the ethic of the kingdom uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and he starts with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and that's the ent- not only the entrance into the kingdom, but the way we grow in the kingdom is recognizing that we are just beggars. We don't have what God requires. We don't have anything within ourselves 
And uh, poor in spirit just means abject poverty of spirit, where I am utterly dependent upon him moment by moment. So that's the life. That's the blessed life. And that's how God made us. And good news is that every single one of our needs, all of our riches are ours in Christ. So, yeah, that's available to every one of us. Uh, so the awards, yeah, you know, that's, it's nice to, to be honored, to be recognized, but we just can't put stock in stuff that God doesn't put stock in. Mm. <laughs> so mm. uh, hold it lightly, give a nod, say thank you, and then remember the blessed life is, is dependence upon Jesus. Folks may know your music, and the folks who are just tuning in, uh, Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com, Philadelphia. Uh, Steve Green is our guest, and, of course, they'll know your music. They may be familiar with your music, you know, all the different albums that you have, but also in another language. Some folks may, wait, didn't he do an album in Spanish? Like You've done half a dozen or more, right, in Spanish, too? Yeah, in fact, you were talking about the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association that is coming I think it's November. Uh, I'm doing something with them in Mexico City, all in Spanish. So I was raised in Argentina. My folks were missionaries. I still speak Spanish fluently, have, I think, seven recordings in Spanish, and uh, still travel every year overseas and, and, and speak that heavenly language. Amen. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. My wife is from Brazil, so it's Portuguese for her, and I took three years it of is. Spanish in high school just enough to confuse things because they're not the same, you know? <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're, some of the words are spelled the same, but they're just not the same uh, pronunciation. You're like, ah, oh, you know, if I had known, I would have You're exactly spelled. right. But uh, in yeah. any case, uh, speak to what you would have, just about that, uh, that upbringing for a moment and maybe even just like a, a general about your testimony because being a missionary kid does not necessarily mean you grab onto the Lord uh, or early on at least. Did you walk with him from the early days or did it take a while? You know, um, and you're exactly right. Uh, so just because we grow up in an environment uh, of the gospel doesn't mean that uh, we take it by faith. And, and I think the other element is that, you know, it, back in, in, in my folks' days, missionaries were venerated. They were, it was like, you know, God, uh, angels, missionaries, <laughs> right? I mean, they're way, way right. up on that list. And, and that's just, it's wrong, because there is not a hierarchical system um, in the Church where you have these elevated uh, people that we kind of hold in, in such high esteem. Um, missionaries were just regular people. A lot of them on our mission field were just broken people. And then I grew up in, in a moralistic environment, which means more emphasis was put on behavior, hmm. uh, acting and looking Christianly, then on Christ and all he has accomplished to actually transform us. And so what I picked up along the way was uh, God's going to be happier with you if you behave yourself and if you do this list of good things and if you avoid this list of wrong things. And ultimately, I think that drives people away from Christ because moralism has no power in it to do any kind of transformative work in our lives. And so I did eventually just abandon, no, I didn't abandon the faith, I, I, I ran. I ran away from that stringent upbringing, and it wasn't until I was 26, I think, that God actually, you know, I wasn't looking for Him, I wasn't praying, I wasn't seeking Him, uh, but He used my older brother to confront me, and that confrontation was just like a blow to me. 
it was like God in one day just conquered my heart. And I ended up uh, falling to my knees that night and, and giving up and acknowledging I didn't know him, I didn't love him. I think I don't remember saying yes to him, but something transpired. It was, it was that defining moment when I began to know who Christ is, what he had done, and, uh, and he rescued me. And that was really the beginning of everything that I'm doing today. Um, I can take zero credit for it because it wasn't my idea. <laughs> it wow. wasn't my effort. And that, it was just God. It was God just being gracious to me. Well, and that that conversation or whatever with your your brother was encouraging you in the right direction. To, I mean, that, that's the point of you know, sorta, but mostly it was rebuke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because you know, we he saw something in me, and that's the whole deal, right? Is when when someone's outside of Christ, or if they're at least you know, in a moralistic, fleshly thing where they're just trying to hold it together by their own effort, it's obvious to people who are in Christ, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't know it. I mean, it's like, yeah. uh, I couldn't see it, uh, but he could see it. And mm. so he called it out, and he said, I think there's something that you're hiding, there's something wrong with you, there's some sin in your life, there's something. And boy, you know, did I react to that. Mm. You know, that's like, I had to defend myself, because my entire identity was rooted in being at least looking good on the outside. So if someone pokes my idol, I, I got mad. <laughs> and, and my anger just proved he was right. Yeah, yeah. Steve Green is our guest. He's at the Ocean City Tabernacle this coming Sunday evening. Details octabernacle.org. We'll continue our chat with him in just a moment. Much more to come. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, one of Steve Green's many hits over the years. Pop music there. Well, glory to you. Continuing our chat with Steve Green. Uh, before the break there, we were referring to the um, you know, conversation you had with your brother and how God used his uh, you know, basically confronting you when maybe that's not the most comfortable thing in the world to do, but how uh, much of a help it wound up being you know, in the overall picture. I always think, you know, God knows all this, but I look and I think that, that conversation obviously is not the only thing, but, but a big thing, right? And mm -hmm. how, how him speaking... God uses that to change the trajectory of your whole life where now you look back and think of all the music yep. that's been written, all the lives that have been touched. Glory to God for all that. Yeah. Uh, yep. As opposed to if he didn't say something, you know, and maybe God yeah. would do it a different way. But um, the power of a decision in a single moment or a single short little season to encourage people, be mm -hmm. faithful in each moment and let God yep. take it from there. Yeah, and the courage to say something, because, you know, we, we want people to like us so much that sometimes we just avoid a difficult conversation. Hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm reading through, my wife and I, Mary Jean, are reading through Acts right now, and, you know, what struck us in the early chapters is every time one of the apostles got a chance to speak, and they're in front of either, you know, Jewish leaders or religious leaders, they, they didn't pull any punches. They said, uh, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. I mean, it's like, <laughs> boom, you know? Yes. I mean, there's a there's a little gentler way to say that, but they didn't choose that. They just laid it right out. 
And, and so, you know, sometimes it's just that. Sometimes it's just calling a spade a spade and saying, hey, you, you don't seem like you're, you don't seem settled. You seem like there's something, there's some difficulty inside of you. You're struggling with something. There's something going on. I mean, just we, we got to talk to each other, you know, and help each other. Yeah. And one other thing along with that, the importance of God's word itself. I say this on the show every exactly. now and again. I mean, it's just, I don't know, the way the, the world is so crowded now with so many um, places you're getting bombarded from, email and texts and phone yep. calls and social media. And uh, even if you're off, it, you still people around you are walking around, bumping into telephone poles, looking at their phones. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say this on my show, like, sometimes I'll just read a passage of scripture in the middle of an, after an interview or before a sports report yep. or something. Just to say, if you got nothing else from this hour, these words right. you can trust without fail. Amen. Man, you're so right. You are so right. And that's realizing that God's Word is not just another option of information. It is living and active. God breathed. There's some, it's supernatural. It's how God has chosen to communicate to us. And it's life, and it points us to uh, who He is and what He's done on our behalf. Do you have a verse or two or three that you uh, kind of look back on your life and say this captures a lot for me? So here's here's one that I just thought of is in Colossians, and I'm going to say it's Colossians two, uh, six and seven around there, uh, where it says, "So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in the faith, established." Let's see, rooted and burdened, established in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So the idea is, we don't, so how was it that we came to faith? So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, that means it was a gift, right? Yeah. Um, it isn't that, you know, I made a decision for Christ, it's I received something that He gave to me. Hmm. And faith is simply the hand. It's a receiving grace. It isn't anything that can take, it can't, can't boast. It just receives. So just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so continue to live in Him. We don't move beyond that dependency and that relationship of looking to Him and trusting Him moment by moment. That is the Christian life. Amen. That's a great word. That really is. Keep on going in the way in which you started, really, I guess, right? Yep. So. Yep. That's great. Well, it's, it's, I, I don't want to take up all, your, all of your afternoon. I know you have a weekend to get ready for and everything, and folks can come hear much more and hear the music, too. It's coming Sunday at the Ocean City Tabernacle. Steve Green uh, in town, along with Ruth Graham, that morning. Uh, Ruth is doing the 8.30 and 10.30 speak, uh, speaking that morning, and then uh, Steve uh-huh. Green doing the concert in the evening. And, yeah, wow, it's exciting to have you back in town. And uh, on the side note, when you're not, you know, out and about doing these uh, engagements and concerts in the music side, from a hobby standpoint, am I correct in thinking, when I talked to you last time, like 20 years ago, am I correct that you and Michael Card used to hit the road together a little bit? So, so <laughs> Michael and I used to have motorcycles when we were young and ignorant. <laughs> not just any we, motorcycle. Now, now Michael and I both have gotten rid of our motorcycles, and our hobby is we make great coffee. <laughs> we, ro- we, roast, we roast our own coffee and brew it in the morning, and that's about as exci- exciting as it gets to stage five. <laughs> 
That's but funny. My hobbies are I, I love to cycle. My wife and I have a tandem bike. And then my other hobby is I do digital painting. And, really? and that's kind of a, yeah, that's a real fun thing that I do. I've, I've created artwork for our home. Uh, and I love to do some woodworking. I uh, just built a, a coffee table for us. So the, all the, all, it all kind of blends together into a, a life of creativity. And I love taking care of my grandkids and discipling them. So it's a, it's a rich, rich season. Amen. And you know what? Before I let you go, I have to ask you about kids, too, because you mentioned uh, we have some of the, the kids' music you've done, too. And just yeah. the, the passion you have for that. Where, where did that uh, originate for you? I mean, obviously, your love of the Lord. But well, where... it was just because my kids were little, right? And so I was looking around for music for them, and there were a few things available. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue came this, this invitation from the recording company I was a part of back then, Sparrow, to be a part of something called Hide Him in Your Heart. Uh, that was created by Frank and Betsy Hernandez. And so yeah. um, I did that, and, and, and uh, it did, you know, it still continues to be used by moms and dads, uh, now the next generation. So that's good, and I'm, and I'm developing something else now that, that I want to do with my own grandkids. Hmm. I have five, and I have a sixth that I think will be born today. Whoa! Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, and is it more? Is it more? Just another music-related project, or? Well, it, it, right now it's not. Right now, and I did the first one with them yesterday, actually, and I'm calling it um, Doodle Talks hmm. uh, with a little byline which is drawing theological conclusions. And so I'm telling them a story and reading them scripture, and I give them a paper and colored pencils, and they draw what it is we're talking about. Interesting. So yesterday was Genesis 1-1, and we talked about creation, the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and we talked about a God being eternal, about God him being triune, and about God being good. And uh, so they were drawing all the stuff that we talked about, and I have those pictures, and they're precious. And so I'm hoping to do a series uh, on that kind of stuff that maybe help parents teach their kids while the kids are doodling and drawing their little own theological conclusions. I love it. That's great. That's kind of like the children. Oh. I mean, that that concept of children, my kids in church, they'll be, if nothing else, to make sure yeah. they're not just doodling about whatever. It's like, listen to the pastor, yeah. pick one thing. <laughs> if you only understand one sentence, write, right. you know, doodle on that. <laughs> yeah, draw that. Draw this out. That's yeah. great. Well, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for your time. God bless you. Keep up the good work there, and looking forward to having you in town this weekend. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Tim. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Steve Green joining us on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You can catch him this weekend at the Ocean City Tabernacle. I think it's 7 o'clock, octabernacle.org. Ruth Graham doing speaking, the uh, daughter of Billy Graham, Sunday morning, 830 and 1030. And again, octabernacle.org for details on that this coming Sunday. Steve, as we mentioned during our conversation, was elected to the Gospel Music Association Hall of Fame a couple years back. We happen to have in our next guest another Hall of Famer, Doug Cosmo Clifford, the original founding member and drummer for Creedence Clearwater Revival and also Creedence Clearwater Revisited, as they've been known since the mid-90s. He'll be joining us in just a moment. We have some giveaways to do and a lot more. Hang on. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 429, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. 
clear, a low of 79 tonight for the forecast. Sunny and a high of 100 tomorrow and 99 on Sunday. Phils beat the Dodgers yesterday, 7-6. They start a series this weekend at Pittsburgh. Jake Ariad on the mound for the Phils. And this weekend, also the Hall of Fame induction ceremony for uh, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, Mariano Rivera, and Mike Messina, the four going in in the 2019 Hall of Fame class. And speaking of Hall of Fame, we're continuing our broadcast today. Excited to have Doug Cosmo Clifford, the Hall of Fame drummer from Creedence Clearwater Revival and Creedence Clearwater Revisited. How you doing, sir? Good, Tim. How, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for taking a few minutes to chat today. Oh, no problem. Yeah, there's so much to pack into short time. Um, of course, the uh, drummer and founding member of Creedence Clearwater Revival and now for many years doing the uh, clear, uh, clear, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revisited uh, part back in the mid-90s where you formed that together with Stu Cook. If you could, for a second, tell us about the band members that you and Stu brought on board to round out Creedence Clearwater Revisited. Well, uh, the first the first go-around, we had Elliot Easton from the Cars on lead guitar. We, we had Elliot for, for 10 years, and then he uh, got hooked up with the Cars again. Okay. Uh, and then at that time we had John Tristeo, uh doing the lead singing and uh, playing rhythm guitar. Uh, he uh, was with us for 20 years and then had some health issues. Okay. And then Steve Gunner, uh, uh, he plays all the overdub parts live, uh, keyboards, uh, percussion, uh, acoustic guitar, uh, harmonica, and sings the high notes. So Steve is still with us. He's been with us for, from day one. But now we have Dan McGinnis on lead vocals and rhythm guitar and Kurt Griffey on lead guitar. And uh, that rounds out the, the the latest edition. That's great. I know uh, Kurt's played with, like, everybody. I mean, so have you. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt is terrific, you know. You, you look at his resume and you go, holy cow, you know, this. who hasn't he played with? Yeah. That's right. I think it was Leonard Skinner and Wings and Eagles and a bunch of others. And, and now with uh, Creedence Clearwater Revisited, tell us about what folks are in store for, because there's a couple of things. I guess you're in Canada now, but you're going to be near our area in New York on September 13th, Maryland on the 14th. And then I think there's a big, obviously a big benefit happening in California later in September. So what are folks in store for whatever show they might be able to, to come see you at? All Creedence, all night. So, uh, a lot of, lot of songs and uh, a lot of memories, both uh, uh, young and old. We have uh, more young fans now than older fans, uh, three generations, and uh, uh, it's really a lot of fun to see the young folks out there. And, and, and uh, a lot of times you know, families will come out. You'll see grandpa, you'll see gra- uh, dad, and then uh, the kids. So That's great. Uh, it's uh, an amazing thing to be able to play for three generations and uh, uh, I know that uh, uh, my par- parents were big band fans and uh, that, that's what I sort of grew up li- listening to around the house uh, as a kid and uh, it was uh, the great Gene Krupa uh, who uh, inspired me to be a drummer so wow. round and round she goes. <laughs> well I, I did want to ask you if we have time near the end of our chat I want to continue on the conversation about the concerts but about drumming, just because obviously you're one of the best on the planet. So I want to just have a question for you in a minute. But uh, talk about the uh, the concert itself. Then you said lots of uh, you know hits all night long. Proud Mary comes to mind for me, one of my favorites. I DJ weddings, so I, I play Creedence music periodically too. Uh, down in the corner, I heard it through the grapevine. There's like an 11 minute version or something. I, I love <laughs> that version. 
Um, and Born on the Bayou, too. So, I, I, and many others. So, are, are many of those, you know, in the set? Oh, all of those are in the set. Wow. I won't tell you in which order, though. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, and so, you're on this, I guess this is a farewell tour. Is that considered correct to, to say that? Or? Yeah, that's correct. It's a final revival, as, as we've, we've put it. And, uh, you know, we, we, we started this band... Uh, not knowing uh, if, it, if it would even fly, and uh, we, so we were hoping to get five years out of it. Well, and that's 25 years now. That's so, amazing. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the success of it is, uh, is astonishing, and uh, fans all over the world have, have enjoyed what we've been doing, and we've enjoyed playing for them. So there will be some uh, a little bittersweetness in it, but uh, it's time uh, to do some other things in our lives. Uh, that uh, need to be attended to uh, the grandchildren yeah. and uh, family. Uh, I've missed a lot of birthdays. Uh, mm. Two weeks ago, I missed two two birthdays for two of my grandkids. So it, it's time we we've accomplished everything that we had hoped to, and, and then some. Yeah. So Stu and I have said, you know, let's go out on top while you know while we can. That's that's the way we'd like to do it, and. We'll uh, we'll be doing other music projects, okay. Uh, but uh, we'll be putting our our, our cleats uh, up on the wall <laughs> as far as the uh, actual performance side goes. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Doc Cos- uh, Doug Cosmo Clifford, our uh, guest on the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon, Credence Clearwater Revival and Credence Clearwater Revisited. Find out more on our website and our uh, Tim DeMoss Show podcast. We'll be putting some descriptions up there and more info about their upcoming uh, concerts and where you can find them. As well as this weekend, we mentioned Steve Green going to be at the Ocean City Tabernacle in Jersey. We're going to take a quick break and continue our conversation with Doug Clifford of CCR. Just a moment. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 438, Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Chat this afternoon, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Doug Cosmo Clifford, drummer and founding member. Credence Clearwater Revival. They've been doing the Credence Clearwater Revisited thing since the mid-90s. And uh, we also, by the way, have our fun pun segment to end things out here on the back end, so don't forget that. We also have some giveaways to do. But in the meantime, Doug Cosmo Clifford, our guest, drummer and founding member of Credence Clearwater Revival, and Tim DeMoss Show here on WFIL in Philly. This uh, mentioned, so folks want to see this one last time, New York, September 13, Maryland, the 14th of September. And then tell us a bit about the, this benefit with the uh, Museum of Making Music and Friends of San Pasquale Academy later in September on the 25th. And just what that's all about. Well, it's, it's about just that, you know, uh, uh, the arts have taken it in the shorts uh, over the years uh, as far as programs in school. And and uh, one of the reasons that America uh, has been a leader in, in business and, and uh, creativity is is uh, a different side of the brain. Instead of math, you use the other side of the brain. And, and it doesn't just apply to playing an instrument or 
learning to paint a, a picture. Uh, it's using the, the creative side of the brain, and and so in business, uh, creativity is 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 one of the reasons why you know we've had success as a as a country, and uh, we need to instill that thinking back to the uh, educators because uh, that's uh, an important thing. We're not uh, having a music class with the idea of having everyone join the union and right. get in a, into a band. It's it's about learning to use a different part of the, the brain that uh, is, is, you know, where the creativity comes from. Yeah, and, and along that creativity, that's where I want to ask about just drumming in general. I know different drummers are known for having different sounds. How do you describe your sound as a drummer? You know, how did you develop it? How much of it is clear to you up front in the early days versus over the years? You change it or you get set after a while, and this is what I'm doing. Well, uh, I taught myself to play by listening to the radio or listening to records that I had bought over and over and over again. At that time, it was like albums, and uh, you could tell uh, what which uh, songs uh uh, I was working on because it was a different color than the rest of the record, picking the needle up and dropping it down. Uh, I made a fine science out of that. Uh, and then, of course, listening to Top 40 radio while I was supposed to be doing my homework. Now, I, I don't want to send a bad message to, to kids out there. I did get my homework done, but I spent a lot of time at night, extra time, uh, listening to the uh, to the uh, radio, and if a certain song came on that I had been waiting hours to hear, I would put that pencil down for a minute, or actually use it as a as a little drumstick and beat up my books and and the brass lamp that yes. was on my desk and uh, listen to what the drummer was doing. So uh, a lot of it was uh, listening and uh, uh, paying attention to things and uh, trying to. Dissect grooves. And I love the R and B stuff, especially. And then uh, when we uh, uh, started, uh, it wasn't Credence at the time, but we were, Tom Fogarty got us into the studio early. We were trying to make things as clean as possible. If, if there's a note in there that isn't as strong as the note on either side of it, get rid of it. Uh, less is best, is, is, is uh, the way we put it. That's great. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for taking time. I have plenty more things rattling around in my head, and maybe one day I'll get a chance to catch up with you again. But in the meantime, enjoy the tour and the grandkids, too. Thanks, Cam. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You, too. Bye-bye. It's Doug Cosmo Clipper, the drummer and founding member of the Hall of Fame band Creedence Clearwater Revival. This might have been my mom's favorite song. This is a fun song. 4.43, Tim DeMoss Show. We are going to hear from another Hall of Famer that we had a conversation with earlier this year in conjunction with baseball. This is the Hall of Fame weekend. And we'll give you a little clip of that in a moment. Plus, tomorrow, the 50-year anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing. We had an interview with gentleman named Charles Fishman who wrote a 480-page book about it. We'll give you a little clip of that, too. And then, of course, we have our fun pun segment to wrap up our program with. It's all straight ahead. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 446. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. So, Joe, this has been 
a uh, a pretty full show, has it not? I mean, I'm I'm already ready to take a nap, but we don't have time to take a nap. We have to keep moving forward, do we not? Yes, yeah, it's been a really, really big shoe. Well, you know, we had it's, had it's just worked out that way, but God always does that. It brings things together. We happen to have a Hall of Fame theme today. First, we had Steve Green, who was nominated for, uh, I think, four Grammys and won seven Dove Awards. Mm. Tons of Christian albums over the years yes. on multiple levels in other language and Spanish, in addition to uh, English and stuff for kids. He's at the Ocean City Tabernacle this coming Sunday at 7 o'clock. In the morning, it's Ruth Graham, mm. daughter of Billy Graham, and she's speaking at 8.30 and 10.30. All of that's free, by the way. OCTabernacle.org for details. Okay. Then, after that, what did you say? I mean, wasn't that cool that Doug Cosmo Clifford, one of the best yeah. drummers on the planet, just joined us? Yeah, and he mentioned, uh, was it Stan Kenton and the big bands that he used to listen to? Yes. Uh, uh, Koopa. Krupa. 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 Yes, the drummer. Listen to Krupa. Yes. yes. Yeah. Isn't it something how... Uh, you know, if I had had more time, he's on a radio tour. He's talking to a bunch of stations. Yes. So I get, you know, just a short time. But um, it fascinates me. The uh, just to tell you a quick side story. There was a band called Burlap to Cashmere. They were a, like a Christian um, band, like a seven piece, I think. And uh, the lead singer the, and the guitar player, Greek, and I'm Greek. And so we had a connection. And they mm-hmm. played at what was then Philadelphia College of Bible, now Cairn. And uh, this was like 20 years ago. Amazing music, just very musical energy. But then uh, after a couple of albums, they, they kind of started to break off, and I talked to Stephen Dilopoulos, the lead singer, and he said the band— Was he the Greek guy? He was the Greek guy, yeah. And I cousin, wouldn't know that from the name Dilopoulos. No, I, I know. It's just kind of a—right. So in any <laughs> case— Dilopoulos, he's Irish, right? Yeah. Yeah, old, yeah. yeah or Dutch. So—but <laughs> uh, he said, you know, the band actually started to unravel a bit when Theodore, who was the drummer, left the group. Oh. And I was like, really? The drummer? had that much of an influence on the group not moving forward. And so I never forgot that. Mm. And so when I had a chance to interview, one, there was actually another opportunity to interview Stu Cook, the bass player from Creedence. And I picked Doug because I wanted to talk to him about drumming a bit. Oh, it was yeah. Like, wasn't yeah. it cool how he was talking about, like, you could tell yeah. where I, like what part of the record I listened to because I kept putting the needle down on the same spot. Yes. You know, I can say that I I myself. did the same thing. You, yeah, sure. You wear out a certain part, and then he's he's – Doing his homework and he's banging on his lamp and yeah. all this cool stuff. Yeah. So I, yeah. anyhow, I'd like to maybe one day have a chance to talk with him more. But um, so that's been exciting to have that. And so what I want to do now is we kind of come down the home stretch. A couple of milestones. Tomorrow is the 50 year anniversary of the Apollo 11 yes. landing. And you remember we had a guy named Charles Fishman on. He just wrote a book called One Giant Leap. Yes, it's been several years mm-hmm. in the making. Fascinating stuff. And here's just a short clip of that conversation. Uh, that, uh, you know, all the facts that go into uh, the stuff that he uncovered as he was writing this book. This is Charles Fishman on our show not long ago. I, I, I did the math on this myself. This, this comes, this is, a, this is a copyrighted factoid of Charles Fishman, but yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I sort of did the calculations three times, three different ways. For every hour that the Apollo astronauts were in space, or on the moon, walking around, driving the lunar mo- driving the lunar rover around for every hour of Apollo spaceflight, one million hours of work was done on Earth, wow. and one million hours of work a, a, a typical person works a hundred thousand hours in their entire life. So the entire <laughs> work lives of ten people were required for every hour of Apollo spaceflight. Think about that for a minute. Imagine being allowed to do something for an hour that 10 people worked their entire lives to get you ready to do. 
And that was true hour after hour after hour. There's no project in human history that required that level of intensity or, or, or sort of preparation. And so that, to me, made it very clear that the work back on Earth was just as interesting and amazing as the work in space. That's Charles Fishman. One Giant Leap is the book that he just wrote and that is available if you want to take a look at that. There's a lot of good info in it as he was speaking there. The reason I actually asked him that question was, and I appreciate the fact he appreciated the people behind the scenes because it's not just the, right. the, you know, the astronauts. You know, everybody knows the astronauts' names or whatever, but to know that all the people that were into it to make it happen. Yeah. It's kind of like you, Joe. People yes. might know me because I'm on and I talk more, but exactly. I mean, you're on the mic every now and again, which is helpful. But you're behind the scenes. But that's why I want to put you out there. And say the hardest working producer in between four hundred two and four fifty eight fifty. Yeah, the rest of the time I, I yeah. can't really say well, one one my, way or the other. I'm get, I'm collecting things like these little light bulbs that go around my head. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why I don't really go beyond this one hour here. Right, stay away from the office. But you work hard like those people for the astronaut thing. I'm thinking, yeah. he said there's no other project in human history where so much work was involved. Right. I think, though, that you might be a close second. Um, it's a close second. I mean, how... Maybe several million removed. How, <laughs> how do all the songs come together, all the everything? I mean, sure. the music beds and all right. the buttons and... You tell me what you want, and then <clears throat> I go get it. Wow, it's amazing. So, uh, so yes, this... Program could definitely not happen with Joe doing what he does, and uh, our production director Doug behind the scenes also piecing together things. We have promos and we have weekend editions, so enjoy the podcast too. WFIL.com. Help yourself to any of the podcasts. Um, and here's another example before we do our pun segment, Joe. Since we've had two Hall of Famers on this program already, let's add a third. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, no, not you. Oh. Uh, talking about John Smoltz, former pitcher for the Braves, <laughs> and uh, and he at the end of his career played for a little bit for the Red Sox and the Cardinals. But yes. um, John Smoltz pitched for the Braves. He's a broadcaster. He's done the World Series and all that. And we had him on for a whole show back in February. So this is just a piece of that conversation. He was elected to the Hall of Fame a few years back. And uh, this is a couple comments that John had to say. I was asking him about the balance between being competitive and um, – and not worrying what people think, and he had just kind of shared a few things. Here's John Smoltz. The biggest thing, the biggest thing about sports and professional life is it's changed in every aspect of life with social media and the pressures that surround. Everybody's trying to take somebody down, and everybody's trying to prove why you're not what you think you are. And I think that's the one thing that robs us of joy. And as a Christian, obviously, joy is central, and everything else is peripheral. But you don't get connected to that as much when you're inundated with all of the outside noise that you can kick or corrupt you. And, and the one thing that I, fortunately, I'm not on social media. Secondly, I don't pay attention to the noise. If I did, it would, it would totally take me away from what I want to do. But when you get in, in, you know, in locked in a battle and you're trying to uh, compete at the highest level, you can lose sight of the ultimate goal and the ultimate prize. And I think that sometimes takes us down a path where no different than like a wave, you, you know, in an ocean, you, you start one way and you end up, how did you get tossed back and forth? How did you end up over there? And that's an easy process in the game of sports. And even though it is a game, it becomes our profession. It becomes our livelihood. It becomes who we are in the, on the outside. It's not who we really are um, that, that vindicates us. But those lights and that power and everything around it can cause, you know, a person to be consumed by their environment. And once that happens, you know, you're, you don't, you don't go about life in a way where there's much peace and joy. And that, that's easy to say until you've been through it and understand the journey 
of really truly living for one purpose instead of trying to please everybody but living for one purpose and that's Christ and I think that that separates for most people the ability to turn it on and turn it off to actually not be consumed by well, what people think or or be you know, tossed back and forth by social media or perception and and for me um, thanks to my upbringing and thanks to so many people who helped mentor me in my life, that was a, 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 I was able to not go too far down the road when I was headed down that road of, of totally pleasing people and totally trying to make people feel, um, you know, that I was a good person or this or that. And I realized that that was chasing after the wind. And uh, I started learning that if I only honored God with what he had given me, to do my very best, to be a fighter, to compete under the rules, to to, to represent myself in a way that, um, you know, I'm a big character guy, that those will stand the test of time. My jersey will come off, my athletic skills will diminish, but who I am as a person will be defined, you know, by my actions. So um, that that's really, when you talk about it's a game, it is, but for many who play it, it becomes an obsession. It becomes everything they are. It becomes their identity. And when the lights stop shining, that's when the transition off the field or off the court or off the ice or whatever arena you're in becomes much more difficult if you're hollow or if all you have to live for was that identity in sports. Hall of Fame pitcher John Smoltz, who joined us back in early February, the full podcast that he was kind enough to take the whole hour at WFIL.com. Just click the podcast tab, drop down menu. We'll say Tim DeMoss show. So, there you have it. Three Hall of Famers in one show. I'm exhausted, but not so exhausted that I can't get this one in, Joe. That music can mean only one thing. It's our Now That's Punny segment. And since we've had such like a Hall of Fame hour, I figure we should pick some of the best puns we've had in recent weeks. Have we had some? <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Joe, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? It's okay. He woke up. I accidentally handed my wife a glue stick instead of her chapstick. She still isn't talking to me. Polite golf club. I was asking myself and thinking the other day, why would somebody want to live in Switzerland? And then I thought, well, for starters, the flag is a big plus. The other day I was, I was I was shopping, and I was uh, I was thinking about buying a book on phobias, but I didn't get it because I was afraid it wouldn't help me. You get it? It's a book on phobias, and I was afraid it wouldn't help me, so I did. I was also at the same time looking for a uh, camouflage shirt. I wanted to buy one, but I. I couldn't find one. The other day, thank you very much, uh, my kids are saying that they, they're making fun of me because I didn't know what apocalypse meant. And I'm like, it's not the end of the world. <clears throat> By the way, uh, I came across this article on Japanese sword fighters today. It's a length, lengthy article. I think you might be interested, but since it may take some time to read, I'd be glad to summarize it for you. Doctor, there's a patient on line one that says he's invisible. Well, tell him I can't see him right now. And with that, we'll wrap up our fine program. Thanks for listening. Have a lovely weekend. We'll turn things over to 
Jim Maxim, Acts 413, Ministry of in Prayer. See you Monday. Stay cool. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.